As we begin our trek into this next case, I must warn you, trigger warnings, this is a very dark case. I, this is one of the hardest cases that I've ever had to research, and I just want you to know explicit content, 100% trigger warning, like just know what you were listening to before this gets started. Hi, I'm Katrina. And I'm Sydney. And this is Murder Obsessed. So today, our case deals with the female serial killer, Eileen Warnos. Mm. Yeah, female serial killers just, they interest me. They really do. Um, not in a good way, but like, I don't know what it is. You guys obviously know and have the same thought because you're listening to a True Crime Podcast. Okay, so Eileen has been dubbed the first female serial killer by a lazy media. Now, when I first read that, I was like, what? But then I thought about it, and I was like, okay, so who was the first female serial killer? So Google told me that Lavinia Fisher was the United States' first female serial killer born in 1793 and died in 1820. So she's nowhere near the first. But then I also was like, wait a second. Everyone knows about Elizabeth Bath- Bathroy. Okay, she was a blood countess. All right, she's the one that um, would bathe in the blood of, like, young virgin females and uh-huh. like, to keep herself young and beautiful. Yeah, what does that work? Um, yeah. I don't know, because if so, <laughs> hmm. But I will say, um, I did read a piece about Elizabeth Bathroy, and my goodness, that woman was evil. Like, whew. And I definitely need to look up Lavinia and do a little bit on her. So Eileen was nowhere near the first female serial killer. Um, but, of course, there's not a lot of female ones, so this does stand out. But anyway, Eileen was born on the rarest of days. February 29th in 1956. Her parents... No kids on February 29th. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Her parents were married when her mother was just 15 years old. And about less than two years into the marriage, her father, um, whose name was Leo Dale Pittman, left his wife, who was then pregnant with Eileen. Okay, so this abandonment actually turned out to be really good for both her brother and herself, as her father was later convicted of child molestation and was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. He spent most of his evenings, or not his evenings, (laughs) most of his remaining years in mental hospitals and in 1969 hung himself in his prison cell, never never having met his daughter. So, yeah. Uh. I mean, not to be crass, but it kind of sounds like they dodged a bullet. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Hi, I'm here today to talk about... Hi, I'm here today to talk about Pioneer Boutique. It's located in at 106 Front Street, Marietta, Ohio. And it is a retail gift shop, but they also offer alterations, painting classes, and custom orders. They're conveniently located right on Front Street in Marietta across from the Lafayette, 
With personal accounts tailored to your preferences, including online pay, curbside pickup, and the option to text our store, give us a call, send us a message, or stop in to get started. I am super excited about this because they are actually sponsoring Murder Obsessed. And so I'm just really excited to talk about them. They have vendors such as Double A Crafts, Cross My Heart Cast Iron, Nimbus Arts, Rose Barn Boutique, Wild Roots Designs, Rhonda's Unique Boutique, Just Lovely Apparel, Custom Craft Creations, Brushing It with Betsy, and there is now Murder Obsessed Merchandise. So go ahead, stop by Marietta, and check out the awesome Pioneer Boutique. I'm not making light of, like, mental illness at all, but, like, child molestation. I don't even know, like, that'll, that's not even, I know it's mental illness, but it's not even in the same category for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's, like, a different level. Like, mental illness is definitely, like, it needs to be normalized that people are mentally ill the same way that they're physically ill, but child molestation is, it's kind of like pleading the insanity case when you murder someone because you don't want to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. No. But, yeah, so it does sound like she could have really had a horrible childhood with her father in her life, so him leaving was good. But her, still, her life still was not a happy one, despite her criminally insane father and his absence. When she was four years old... Eileen and her older brother were abandoned by her mother. The children were legally adopted by their maternal grandparents. They lived in Troy, Michigan. And during this time, when, when um, said that she, during this time, Eileen said that she believed that they were her parents. So Eileen was four when her mother abandoned her, and up until she was twelve, she thought her grandparents were her real parents. She also maintained that they were both abusive and that her grandfather had sexually abused her. So even though she dodged a bullet with her dad, she still got thrown right into the fire, being abandoned at four, year, four years old and then abused by her grandparents. Disgusting. I did read an account, though, that talked about Eileen being forced to sleep outside in the woods and was removed or kicked out of the home several times. Um, so I don't know, I read a little bit about that, but it didn't go into super detail of like why, or if it was just part of the abuse, but Eileen was sexually promiscuous from an early age. She claimed that she had also slept with her brother. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she was like, yeah, he's, he's up in my numbers, but that was like what it said. Like she counted him among her numbers of conquest and I'm like, Ew. Ew, yeah. Yeah, ew. She did become pregnant at age 14, but thankfully the child, um, it was a boy, born March 23rd in 1971, was adopted and never knew his mother. So, thank God for that. Right. Because her grandmother died four months later after she gave birth due to liver failure. Then, and this part just kind of like blew me away, Eileen's mother returns long enough to accuse um, her father, so Eileen's grandfather, of murdering her mother, and the children then became wards of the state. 
So Arlene like pops up out of no Arlene's mother pops up out of nowhere and is like, "You killed my mother." And the state's okay. Well, we're gonna take the kids away because you're now on trial, trial for murder. The, so she didn't even take her kids with her. They became wards of the state and disappeared from history. And then she was just like, "Peace out," and then disappeared again. What am I? <laughs> yeah, like mother of the year right there. We're, here's your trophy. Come get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that That part just, like it's not funny, but I was just kind of like, like the dark humor of it all, of her like, like abandoning her kids, but then popping back in for a second. Like you're worried about, are you worried that your dad's going to kill your kids, but you don't care enough to take care of them? Yeah, you let them literally become wards of the state. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I just, I was just like, kind of like the ironic funny, where you're like, it's so sad that it's funny. Mm-hmm. But starting in high school, Eileen started prostituting herself, um, prostituting herself out. At first, it was for food, drinks, and cigarettes, but then she soon began getting in trouble with the law for drinking, and like incidents involving her being drunk. So, at 18, she was first jailed for drunk driving, disorderly conduct, and firing a gun from a moving vehicle. Oh. Yeah, I, when I read that, I was like, oh, wow, like, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, this was in Jefferson County, Colorado. So, like, she was in, like, um, Troy, Michigan, now she's in Colorado. But she was also charged with failing to appear in court because she peaced out of Colorado and went back to Michigan. So, yeah, at 18, yeah. that's her first charge. Of spring 1976, her grandfather committed suicide and um, through gas inhalation, which I guess that's, gas inhalation's like where you, like, sit in a... a like a room with your car running. Yeah, yeah, like like a a, yeah, in a garage, and you have, like, mm-hmm. the, the... Okay, that's, that's what I thought. Um, but that July, she was charged with assault after throwing a pool ball at a bartender's head. Oh. Yeah. Four days later, Eileen's brother died of throat cancer and left her the life insurance money, a sum of $10,000. She burned through that $10,000 in two months. Two months. That was a Yeah. Partly, she, um, she, paid, she bought a luxury, a luxury, a luxury car but she immediately totaled it. That September, she met Louis Fell. He was a wealthy retired man who was 49 years her senior. So if he's 49 years her senior, that means that he's 49 years older than her. Right? Right, right. So this guy is like pretty much 50 years older than her. That's, that's crazy. I mean, I'm not one to judge, but that's a little... I mean, like, that's like parents almost. Yeah. <laughs> like grandparents, maybe. Grandparents. Old enough to be your grandparent. Yeah, she's pro- and honestly, she's probably like 18 or 19. So, this dude is... Whoa. But they got married. They got married, and um, you probably guess the marriage was not a happy one. Um, uh-huh. Eileen continued her drinking and fighting in local bars. And was soon jailed once again for assault. Do you have a leaky faucet that you just have left go forever? Do you have a room that the wallpaper is just hideous? 
Or maybe there's something going on outside that you've just neglected because you just didn't want to deal with it. Well, the works company, Strollin' Sons, that's who you need to call. Let them do the work for you. General handyman and contractor, there's not much that they can't do. Call 740-502-9141 for a free estimate today. That's 740-502-9141. And tell them Murder Obsessed sent you. Phil, her new husband, had the marriage annulled as it entered its second month. So they were not even married a full two months. And Eileen's crazy had made him be like, nope, I don't care if you're a young, hot commodity and I'm old, I'm done. So Eileen continued her downward spiral. In 1981, she held up a supermarket in Edgewater, Florida while dressed in a bikini. So she robbed a convenience store in a bikini. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it's just kind of like one of those things where you're like, oh, okay, well, don't know what you're thinking, but yeah. She was quickly apprehended and charged with armed robbery, but only spent two years in prison. Armed robbery, and this is like, like, maybe if this was like your first offense and you had like not even had a late library book before this, but she's like been arrested for assault multiple times she has like a DUI drunken disorderly firing a weapon from a moving vehicle and then she has she like literally has a armed robbery and she only spends two years in prison for it hmm. like as I'm reading this and as I was like doing the research I was like you know like so much probably could have been done to stop this from happening you know? I mean, as a wife of a police officer, I still, like, legitimately feel like, I mean, of course, a police officer can only do so much, but the system just fails so much more than it succeeds. Like, I have people spending life in prison for selling weed. Yeah, but then there's people yeah. holding up whole places with guns and a bikini, and they get two years. Right. So, I, it just, it is. The system has so many flaws. No one can argue that that's not true. There's, yeah. like, there's no way that someone could be like, oh, no, there's no flaws. Yeah. But in 1984, she was again incarcerated for trying to pass forged checks at a bank in Key West. So she's still in Florida. Now, in 1986, she was accused of speeding, grand theft auto, resisting arrest, obstruction and attempted robbery of a male companion at gunpoint yeah yes she is man she she was just like you know what let's just do it all if i can if it is against the law i'm gonna do it because i'm not gonna get in a lot of trouble so what else um she obviously wasn't in prison or on probation because so, like, I was thinking, like, maybe she got out early for good behavior from the armed robbery and was, like, on probation. But, obviously, if she did all this and did not immediately go back to prison to serve a full term, she couldn't have been on probation. Right. Um, because that summer, she met 24-year-old um, Ty Moore, who, okay, so I'm going to, 
I read in the killer book of true crime that she was described as obese and gap tooth. So I want to make sure that that does not come back on me. That is not my description. That is what I read in the killer book of true crime. That she was an obese, gap tooth lesbian. So Eileen and Ty became lovers. Eileen convinced Ty to quit her job as a hotel maid and allow Eileen to support them both on her prostitution income. <laughs> Maybe I need to be a prostitute. Yeah, I mean, just like, kidding, but, like, how much you making, girl? Uh, yeah, seriously, like, you, you're just going to let me be a housewife when you go out and prostitute? <laughs> well, it's, um, it's said that they were only romantically involved for a short term, but they remained together in, the, like, a transient lifestyle, kind of, like, just going from place to place, never really settling down, um, like a vagabond, you know, mm-hmm. that it led them all the way through Florida. Like, they were all over Florida at this point. And then around this time, Eileen took to carrying a loaded pistol. Well, shocker here, but Eileen was struggling to support them both with her prostitution income. This is mostly because her market value, I did the bunny quotes there, um, gross, by the way, market value was dwindling due to years of alcoholism and drug use. So, at this time, she was only 33 years old. I mean, truthfully, if you think about it, alcohol and drug abuse does age you prematurely. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that December, she committed her first murder. The victim was 51-year-old Richard Mallory. He was the owner of a Clearwater Electronics repair shop. He was described as secretive, but known to have gone on bouts of drinking and sex. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sounds like a stand-up guy. Um, He picked up Eileen and drove into the the woods outside of Daytona Beach. Once there, they shared some vodka, and then she decided to shoot him four times, stole the contents of his wallet, and left him there. So just like, she was just like, hey, today's the day. Yeah, like, I mean, there was, I don't know, it was just kind of like, Hey, let me have some of your vodka. Cool, now I'm going to shoot you four times and take your wallet. I, I don't know. Yeah. She's killing off her clients, I guess. So, while hitchhiking in May of 1990, she was picked up by 43-year-old David Spears, who was a heavy equipment operator. She shot him six times stole his truck, but then later abandoned it. Which you'll find um, as we go through this, that that was kind of like her M.O. She would be picked up, go somewhere kind of remote, kill the guy, and then like run off with his vehicle and abandon it somewhere else. On June 6th, she flagged down her next victim, 40-year-old Charles Kirkskadon. It's a, it's a last name for sure. Eileen shot him six times, stole his gun, 
his money and his jewelry. She drove off in his car, and then the next day she dumped it and took off hitchhiking again. So, like, the cops are just like, oh, here's all these, these, I mean, dead dudes. But that's it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I mean, at this time, she's killed three people. I don't, I mean, and they, they all seem to be relatively near the same place. Right. Because, I mean, she's hitchhiking, so she can't be getting very far because she's killing everybody she's pick, getting picked up by. But then soon, she found her next victim, Peter Sims, a 65-year-old retired merchant seaman. He was on his way to visit relatives in Arkansas, and he was a man devoted to his work in Christian outreach. He was, a tra- he was traveling with a stack of Bibles. Eileen must not have cared because she murdered him just the same. She dumped his body, which was never, has never been recovered, and this time kept his car. So, like, the other guys that picked her up were all, like, soliciting a prostitute. You know, they were all picking her up to, like, go bump uglies. But this guy was... Jesus loves you. Yes, I'll give you a ride. Yeah, like he, like, not that the other guys deserve to die because they most definitely did not. But, like, this one hurt worse because it was like he was just trying to be nice. Like, he was just trying to help you, you know, spread the love of God. And she's just like, I don't care. I'm going to kill you anyway. Like, I don't, I don't know. But she kept the car this time. So. Yeah, this was reckless, a reckless decision, and I don't know why she, like, maybe she was tired of hitchhiking, and that's why she kept it this time, but, um, she didn't dump it like she dumped the other one, so, and, but this is what happened. So, on July 4th, while driving with Ty outside of Orange Springs, Eileen wrecked Sim's car. Now, this is the part that got me. It was a single car accident. So it wasn't like she slammed into somebody else or caused like a multiple car pileup. She literally just wrecked her car. Like just the like her car was the only one in the, involved in the accident. But her and Ty made a spectacle to the witness because there was a witness that watched them wreck. They made such a scene. They were begging and pleading and swearing at this person to not call the cops. But the witness is like, yep, here's some red flags. Red flags, red flags. Like, you don't, you don't have a, a wreck and then, like, swear to witness to not call the cops. Like, unless you've got something to hide. I mean, like, I don't get that. Like, why not? Oh, we're fine. We called a tow. We're not going to go to the hospital. Thank you for stopping. You know, we're good. But like, inst- you know, like instead of cussing this person and making a scene to cause them to have doubt or what, you know, what? Yeah, that's me. I'm like, you made it so much more obvious. Like, don't be suspicious. Don't be <laughs> suspicious. They were super suspicious. <laughs> yes. But they did. De- so they decided to abandon the car. But because they had made such a scene. There was now descriptions 
of Eileen and Ty sent out nationwide. Eileen did not let that stop her. She's like, I want to kill everybody, so I'm going to kill everybody. She killed three more men. The last one on November 19, 1990. Days later, newspapers across Florida ran a story about the killings, along with sketches of both Eileen and Ty, which they were quickly identified. Ty Moore must have realized that the shitstorm was about to hit because while Eileen, while Eileen was out buying alcohol, Titus left. She just left her and she was like, nope. Um, yeah. So, she pieced out of that whole situation. Even though, like, she never committed any murders. It was, I think it was pretty obvious that she knew what Eileen was doing. And right. so, I mean, that in itself is illegal. Yeah. Um, <coughs> on January 6, 1991, Eileen was arrested and charged with uh, an old weapons violation. So, that that's how they got a hold of her, was... She had some old weapons violation, and so that's how they were able to arrest her. Moore was tracked down to her sister's home, clear in Pittston, PA. Like, she was clear up in Pennsylvania, and they found her. And this is from, like, Florida. So, Ty later would assist police. She allowed them to um, record jailhouse phone conversations between herself and Eileen. Do you have to have, like, permission to record in a jail? I don't know. I mean, because they're, like, state, you know, they're state attorneys. Like, so if, like, I assume if if you went to jail and you were trying to get info on someone, then you would have to grant them some kind of immunity. So I guess they would have to be aware. I have no clue, though. Cause I, well, and then I didn't even think about that because th there is confidential like conversations between um, the lawyers and the convicts, so that makes sense. Right. I and and I guess because you're innocent until proven guilty, that they yeah. couldn't treat you that way. I don't know, but I but Ty did let them do that. Ty let them, and um, they were used in the trial, like during the trial against Eileen. <laughs> But apparently, Eileen really loved Ty because she was afraid that Ty would be implicated in the murders. So she confessed, only to add in that they were all self-defense, saying that, the, that her victims had either raped her or attempted to rape her. But she was a prostitute. Yeah. I mean, like, that, that doesn't seem like... <laughs> I, I'm sure prostitutes are raped. I just... I'm well, just I, I understand what you're trying to say. Like, you, you got in the vehicle with them... To have sex. To be solicited to be... To have sex. But then you're saying that every single time you changed your mind and they raped you? Or they tried to rape you? Like, how did you expect to make any money? Yeah. I mean, you know, I under I understand that. Like, you're not saying that prostitutes cannot be raped because that's not that's not it. But it's saying right. what what was your goal when you got in the vehicle with them? Yeah. So yeah, I under I understand what you're saying. So it's kind of it, it is kind of like well, what what were you doing? Because I mean, what was your goal getting in that vehicle? Right. But anyway, that was what she claimed. 
The next year, she was put on trial. She sold her rights to have a movie made about her life, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, she also, um, the media went crazy with this case. I mean, they went wild. And one story that she told the media was that she had slept with over 250,000 men while being a prostitute. The girl must have been working, like, more than nine to five. Well, and this, okay, so, um, it was really cool because what I was, the, um, book I was reading literally did the math on this, and it said, this, of course, is absurd, because math proves that if this was true, she would have to, had to have had, she would have to have had slept with an average of 35 men each and every day, beginning at the age of 15. So, if that is correct, and she did sleep with that number of people, which, holy crickets, that's a high number. That's a little bit of a body count, I would, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a tad over, like, a smidge, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just a, a little, a little much, just a little but, bit. Yeah. But, like, 35 men each and every day, like, yeah. who's having sex each and every day anyway? Like, I, I got three kids. Yeah. So. I mean, there ain't, there's definitely not each and every day for years on end that I'm having sex. But yeah, so, but despite that, despite how completely improbable this was, the media posted it. They passed it along to a hungry audience without fact checking, math checking, like, just was like, here you guys go, look at this. Look how many men she slept with. Right. Okay. So, she, like, she wasn't put on trial for all the men at one time. She was put on trial for Mallory, her first murder, um, the guy, Richard Mallory. And for some reason, the defense, now this is one thing that um, is worth mentioning that I read. The defense did not reveal the fact that Mallory had previously served a decade-long prison sentence for assault. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I don't, I don't know why, I was, like, looking into that, and I was like, well, why didn't they? Because that would totally back her account of, he no, tried totally to rape me. But they didn't. Like, if, if they would have mentioned that, like, because if that actually happened, if, if all these men would have sexually assaulted her, like, I don't know, I'm totally in the wrong, but more power to you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. There's got to be some kind of, I don't know, self-defense or, yeah, you know, like, that could have got her at least out of that one. Yeah. But, um, she was found guilty of first-degree murder, and when the the jury read the, the guilty verdict, she stood up and screamed at the jury, I'm innocent! I was raped! I hope you get raped, you scumbags of America! Oh, wow. Yeah. But she was found guilty of six murders, although she had confessed to her seventh murder, the Sims murder, uh, the traveling Christian. They could not charge her because they could not find a body. Each time that she had sim each time that she was found guilty, she had similar outbursts at the jury um, when they announced her guilty verdict. On October 9, two thousand two, she was executed by lethal injection at Florida State Prison. She became the 10th woman to be put to death in the United States. 
since it had been reintroduced. In her final interview, she said that she expected to be taken away by angels in a spaceship. Ooh. Yep. But apparently, lots of movies and shows have been inspired by Eileen Warnos and her story. British documentarian Nick Broomfield created two works. Eileen Warnos, The Selling of a Serial Killer, and Eileen Warnos, Life and Death of a Serial Killer. Um, the first one was 1993. The second was 2003. So a year after she was uh, put to death. Um, actor, actress Charlize Theron underwent a major physical and emotional transformation to portray Warnos in 2003's Monster. She won an Oscar and she also was portrayed... Oh, this was really cool. I was excited to tell you about this one. In um, American Horror Story Hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she was I'm, she was in that one. Yeah, she was one of the guests. Because, um, I guess, like, I guess they were supposed to be guests of serial killers. Because, you know, we're obsessed with that show. Yeah. And, um, like, Dahmer was there. And, um, I think Richard Ramirez, maybe. And I knew who she was supposed to be when she walked in the room and she's played by that lily rape plays her oh you know, yeah pretty, like i guess that's how you say it and so like she they really made her up you know to look more masculine and it was just it was pretty cool yeah i was like oh that's super cool i wonder if, if sid knew that <laughs> um which i've never seen the movie monster I haven't either. My mom, when it came out, my mom was like, you're not allowed to watch that. <laughs> yeah, because 2003, we were... 13? I was 13. Yeah, I was 12, so... Yeah. My mom's like, um, absolutely not. I don't, I don't remember it. I don't, which I'm sure that, um, I've seen previews or, like... I'm thinking that that girl, you know that girl that they always said, people used to say that you looked like her, that Christina... Richie. Yeah. I'm thinking that she must have played the other woman because she was in that movie, I think. Oh, cool. I'll have to check that out then. But yeah, people have definitely said I look like Christina, Christina Ricci. It's a compliment. She's gorgeous. But yeah, so that's the story of Eileen Warnos. So, kind of wild, kind of crazy. And, it, and it, it's like, I I don't think that she was raped I, I think that that was just her her crutch, her trying to get out of consequences for her actions. Mm-hmm. Just because it was like six times, like six times you're getting in a vehicle and you have to kill someone because you're getting raped or you were raped. And like, it was always like four shots, six shots, like... It wasn't like shoot you and then get away from you. It was like bang, 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 bang. Like that's six shots. Yeah. And the stealing of the wallets in the car also make it less likely. Exactly. Like it like to me and now granted I'm not a prostitute and I don't I first off, my problem is I always try to empathize and like rationalize why people do what they do. And sometimes yeah. it's just because they're insane and there's no rationalization or you know, logic to it. But to me, I'm like, if that would happen, you would call the police and, like, immediately try to, like, 
make this okay. Like, he tried to rape me. I killed him in self-defense. Not jump a vehicle and go hitchhiking again. I just feel like there's so many other, like, okay, you're on trial. And you did do it. Say you did murder these people and you weren't raped. She was obviously, I mean, sexually assaulted by her grandfather. So you go in and you're like, okay, I was sexually assaulted as a kid. I'm, I'm, I'm pleading. I would plead insanity. Yeah. Not, I was raped. I just, you know, not yeah. that I'm. Well, and you it's know. like, there are too many people who are raped for this to be, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, don't right. do this because then it makes it sound like no one's raped. Right. And that's not true. I don't know. But, yeah. So, that's Eileen. I'm super excited to hear what you have for next week. So, Sid's going to be hosting tomorrow, or not tomorrow, next week, and I will get to have the surprise and listen to another wild and crazy story. So, thanks for listening. This is Murder Obsessed, and we got we will catch you on the flip side. Later!